What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and oh man, can we just skip ahead to the start of the regular season, please? Like, I've seen enough already. This team is going to be good. I just want to jump ahead. We don't need the third week against the Texans. Just that we've good. Everybody's played. I like what we've seen. Just take me to the regular season, please. We've got a lot to break down. Uh, 49ers get the win, 17-7 against the Minnesota Vikings. Different feel to this game for sure. You know, no Trey Lance. There were 27 players for the Niners that didn't play in this game. So we'll get to it all. I'm going to be joined by Levin Black, who joins me on the Thursday show, the Gold Standard Show here on Niners Nation. want to remind everybody to please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation podcast network if you don't do it already. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. Uh, tonight, we want to take as many of your comments and questions as possible. Please drop it in the chat wherever you are. We will absolutely talk about it. We will break it all down. And uh, I like this to be as interactive as possible. So if you've got one, absolutely, let's go. All right, things that jumped out to me. And I have more takeaways from the early part of the game than the later part of the game because, you know, this was the game where not a lot of people played as we welcome in Levin Black. What's up, Levin? Not a whole lot. Uh, the game got a little more interesting towards the end, but whew, that first half was pretty boring. I mean, look, this was like the week that the goal was everybody just get through it, right? Like we, the goal was not to get anybody hurt and just get through this game. But they won the game. And, you know, I've, as I just said before you hopped on, like, I've seen enough. Let's go to the regular season now. We're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, still one preseason game to go. And then a wonderful, what is it, like 17-day break? 17 days, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be a wonderful 17 days, let me tell you. <laughs> it's going to be a hard, it's hard, man, because you're so desperate. It's um, worse than a bye week because, one, yeah. you haven't gotten any games. You know, regular season hasn't started, so it's not like you just got a month's worth of games for to feed you through the off week, and it's longer than an off week. True. It's going to be rough, but let's talk about what we saw in this game. I was saying I had more takeaways early in the game than later in the game, just because, you know, by the time you get to the back half of the second preseason game when 27 guys aren't playing, it's a little different. But, you know, even like first drive of the game, the Vikings start going down the field and then Odom picks off Kellen Mont. like the turnovers. And I know it's preseason, but just the fact that they continue to generate turnovers, that is not something we've seen from this group. It could be such a game changer for this defense if they can continue to turn the ball over and get it back for the offense. I mean, it's a it's been a top 10 defense, top five when everybody's healthy. And you add in turnovers, yeah, it, it would be massive for this team and the defense statistically to suddenly start getting turnovers. And yeah, like I, I'm not used to it anymore. Like I'll be honest, when they actually <laughs> get the interception, I go, oh yeah, like that's how I've been this preseason. Like they get the interception and I have two thoughts every time. One is surprise. <laughs> and the second one is maybe Ward wasn't wrong when he said pick city. Which is crazy to think, but like I mean, so far, that's what it has been. And, you know, 
I think before too, like when the Niners were getting them in practice, there was some thought like, well, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He throws a lot of interceptions in practice. It's like, no, they're getting them in practice. They're getting them against Kirk Cousins and they're getting them in the games. I'm starting to think that like, this is something we can believe in. You know, every preseason you have things that happen and you have to decide as a fan and we have to decide as analysts what's real and what's not, right? I think I'm at the point now where I'm starting to think that these turnovers are a real thing. I sure hope so. Wouldn't <laughs> that suck if this ends up being like the training camp story that just turned turned in into a complete farce that was not real at all, no real substance behind it. The other thing that jumped out to me, and if we're talking to like things that we're starting to believe now, I think I'm kind of buying into Danny Gray a little bit. I know he only had two catches for 24 yards in the game, but man, the guy can get open. He can get open deep. I know he's got to maybe work on getting his feet in bounds a little bit, but like, I think we got something here. Yeah. He certainly seems to have the ability to get open frequently, like at, at a clip or a rate that is a starting caliber wide receiver. Like, this guy might end up being a real starting caliber wide receiver where the Niners have at least three of those then, plus George Kittle. Like His speed, we've heard defenders talk about it, and I did see some reports of Vikings defenders talking about how the speed at which he's able to do his, you know, it's not just straight line speed, but mm -hmm. the speed at which he's able to make his cuts puts you at such a bad position that it's really hard to defend. And we saw him getting open in practice against the Niners defense. We saw him getting open against the Vikings defense in practice. We saw him getting open in the first preseason game. And now we saw him getting open in this game. So I think they really did get something there. I think that's one that's going to end up being real. I also like that Trey Lance and Sudfield we've seen so far. Actually, that might have been Purdy tonight. That threw the one in the end zone that didn't quite go for a touchdown. I think it was Purdy. Yeah. Uh, no, Sudfeld, sorry. But he's had, in both games, times where the quarterbacks trust him and throw not not quite a jump ball, but he's not not necessarily wide open. You know, there's a guy right there that if the defender turns around and plays it just right, they might be able to get their hands on it, might get an interception, but they're trusting him to go up and get it, and he's been doing that. And I think that that's kind of one of the small things that we might – realized is a bigger storyline come regular season that the quarterbacks trust him right away. The other thing that I, I don't know if I'm, I totally buy in this yet, but you know, Nate Sudfeld 13 of 17, 102 yards did throw a touchdown pass. I heard guy Haberman describe it this way. And I think it's dead on. He said the backup quarterback is like your emergency contact. You don't necessarily need to go with like your best friend or your closest friend for the emergency contact. You need to go with the most reliable. The person you know is going to answer the phone. And I see Brock Purdy in there, and I'm starting to think for one or two games, not for an extended stretch of time, but for one or two games, I'm starting to think he might be good enough to keep things afloat. I had this thought on Brock Purdy. You can see he's very raw. I, I think he has a long way to go with the mental aspect of the game. He doesn't seem to be as mentally advanced as, say, Trey Lance was last year. And he certainly has some physical limitations with his arm. But when I see him, I see basically a better version of Nick Mullins. 
similar in terms of the actual quarterback part, but he's actually athletic. So to me, he looks like a better version. And Nick Mullins was good there for a while. And I, I don't think Nick Mullins is really somebody you wanted as your backup. That ended up proving out that he was more of a number three. And that's one of the reasons the Niners moved on. But Purdy could end up being a guy that you trust to be your backup quarterback. And to get that from Mr. Irrelevant, that that's not a bad thing. I don't think Purdy's looking like somebody that has the potential to suddenly be a starter in the NFL. I don't think he has that upside potential. But he does have the upside potential that we're seeing that he could be a guy that has a career that lasts quite a long time as a backup quarterback. Carlo watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, Purdy better than Mullins. Purdy can move a little back there, man. He can he can kind of make some stuff happen, man. All right. I, I want to get to, I'm going to get to a lot of comments because there's a lot of people talking about Trey Sermon and we'll get there. Um, but one last thing I think I'm starting to believe in and I, I like that they kind of got him in the game and then out of the game. Javon Kinlaw, man, he looks quick. He looks much, much quicker than I remember. And maybe my memory is a little off because it's been a little while since we've seen him. But damn, man, if he is anything this year, that line up front is just going to be a wrecking crew. Uh, yeah, he, he looks to be what they hoped he would be. I heard that he slimmed down. He trimmed some weight. He's not as big as he was because he's not trying to just hold everybody there at the line. He's wanting to actually penetrate. And we're seeing it. I don't know how much quicker he is. He could be because he dropped some weight. But it might just be that the guy that's blocking him is just running backwards because he's forcing him to run backwards. So it seems like he's quicker because it's like he doesn't lose any momentum. You know what I mean? Like on that sack, he gets off the line and he doesn't get slowed down despite the other guy hitting him and trying to slow him down. And that's the physical freakness that he has. I don't think there's any argument for the 49ers and maybe even the entire league that he is the biggest physical specimen in the entire league. Like he is wow, a that's freak size. Well, there's a lot of guys that are freaks, but they're six foot like Aaron Donald. He's a freak. His first steps, uh, first step is ridiculous for how big he is, Yeah, but he's only six foot. Like his size is insane. <laughs> I mean, that was all anyone talked about when he was drafted, right? It was just, Oh, he's this, this dude is a crazy freak to the point where I was like, Tell me something else about him besides his size. But, you know, Chris Sims likes to say size is a skill. And Kinlaw has it, and he certainly uses it. Let's put it uh, this way. You could put him in the WWE right now, yeah. and you'd go, wow, that guy's big. You know, you, you wouldn't put him there and go, oh, yeah, that's just a normal dude. He would look big amongst those guys. Jason Aponte of Niners Nation, you may have heard of him, uh, blowing up this uh, training camp, by the way, says Jordan Mason deserves to make this team he had a good night, nine carries, 57 yards. He just, you know, he's carried over all the momentum that he seems to have built up during training camp into these games. And I kind of agree with Jason because the other comment, Levin, that I am seeing everywhere and Blair watching on the Niners Nation yeah. YouTube page, Trey Sermon sucks, basically. Blair says Sermon's a third round pick that's going to get cut. Like it's constant, the Trey Sermon hate. Look at this, Mr. Two Phones. They need to trade Sermon, get a bag of Doritos or something for him. I'm sad, and I know he might have been a little banged up coming into this game, but, man, he just looks like he doesn't have it. 
that was my biggest takeaway from this game. And I tweeted it out right before we came on. To me, he's at the bottom of the depth chart. And of all the running backs that are on this team right now, he is the bottom. Now, he might make the team just because he was a third-round pick and Shanahan won't want to give up on the potential. But he shouldn't make this team. He is the worst runner on this team. And what really frustrated me tonight, you can say his injury, but what the mistakes he was making tonight had nothing to do with injury. We saw the same things he was doing as a rookie. And that was he gets the ball. The hole isn't massive like he's used to at Ohio State where they just overpower everybody. And so what's he do? He starts jumping side to side, waiting on a hole to develop rather than just going straight forward and picking up what he can get. And that's my problem. And that's what Kyle Shanahan hates. He hates when running backs do that. Yeah. And then on top of that, when he does go straight forward, he's not pushing the pile. He's not hitting. He, there's no power there. I don't get it. There's no power there. We saw a lot more power from deep TDP and Mason tonight. They were breaking tackles consistently. Whereas Sermon, the moment somebody got hands on him, he went down. What's up, Jason? Thanks for hey, what's up, in. guys? I was actually just like joking, Rob, like when I said that or whatever, actually about joining the show. But hey, I mean, I cannot turn down a chance to talk 49ers football with Levin and Rob. So Jason threw it in the comment, like, oh, thanks for the invite. So then I sent them the link. And that's what it is. If you throw it out there, I'm going to hit it back to you. We just put your comment on the screen about Jordan Mason deserving to make this team. Trey yeah. Sermon is getting crushed right now in the comments. Yeah. And um, look, I think it's very fair because even when Trey Sermon was healthy, I think these concerns were valid. Talking about like not hitting the hole and trying to bounce things outside. I could say that about uh, Tyrion Davis-Price on their fourth down. You kind of have to get right to the hole. Like don't dance around. This is the NFL. Even if they're backups, they're going to get there. But um, it, I do want to point out that Trey Sermon did have to work through an injury today to get mm -hmm. on the field. So I, I at least want to put that out there. Now, having said that, going back to what I was just talking about, that was when he was healthy. Those are the same concerns. So an injury certainly doesn't help, but the drop. And and that, that's something that happened a bunch at camp on one-on-ones. Like, he would win the route and then lose uh, and lose the drop. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's again, the I think the real big issue is going to be, do the 49ers admit their mistake in any way or anything like that like it's a third round pick we're not talking about getting rid of a fifth round pick like this is yeah. a, this is a valuable pick like so valuable that in the next round you would think about taking a punter sorry i'm just i'm just having a little fun <laughs> but, but but yeah i mean i think it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this happens now the jordan mason thing that has been real anytime he's been asked if jordan mason got three reps at camp all three of them, he stood out. If Jordan Mason got 11 reps, every single one he stood out. And you saw it today. Six yards of carry. I don't care who it's against. You love the running style. This looks like a guy that Kyle Shanahan could, if he would like picking picking people out of like traits and things like that and watching them run, this feels like a Kyle Shanahan guy. I mean, Elijah Mitchell was drafted late. And look, he becomes RB1. So, yeah, I think the Jordan Mason thing is real. Look, one more thing, and I don't want to ramble on too much. Jermichael Hasty was actually asked to run routes. He did well doing that. There would be times where Trey Sermon ran the ball well or Jeff Wilson ran the ball well. Every time Jordan Mason was asked to do something, whether it be catch the pass or run, he was great at it. And he just – he continues to, to be consistent, man. Like, I I don't know how – it's going to be tough for me to understand why he, he didn't make this roster. The, the one point I'll make – is with the history that this running back group has with injuries, the Niners can't 
afford to hold somebody like Trey Sermon because they might figure it out eventually. They need guys who are best right now because they're likely going to have to enter the game at some point. It's running back is like a meal at a restaurant. After a couple bites, you know whether the meal is good or not. You yeah. don't need to finish the food on the plate before you decide if it was good. It's yeah. it doesn't take that long. Like you said, Elijah Mitchell, we saw, boom, we know. Uh, Andre watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page, regardless if it's a third round pick, you can't keep Trey Sermon just because of that. If we keep him, one of our other rookies will get picked up by another team. And that's the thing, right? Like if you cut Jamichael Hasty or Jeff Wilson, you can pick them up again later. Like no mm. one's busting down the door to get them. Whereas if you met, uh, if I can speak, if you cut Mason, he might get picked up by another team right away. My hot take is this. Jordan Mason is going to be playing on a roster. I just hope it's the 49ers roster. <laughs> well, that's well said. Sermon would probably, somebody would kick the tires on Sermon. Someone would try Sermon. I, I think with the draft pedigree and I think uh, they, they, you know, again, I think that the inside zone would be more suited to him. Maybe a team feels they could fix him. People are always down for reclamation projects, especially when there's cuts going down, like at the end of, of camp and you're taking shots on other guys. I mean, the 49ers did move on after one year from a different third round running back that this regime drafted that would be for different reasons sermon at least from what i know doesn't have the showing up like he's a lineman issue and just not being engaged whatsoever but you got to move on when you know when you know you know and if he if he's that's my problem like i said tonight he's making the same mistakes he made last year that shanahan mm -hmm. talked about where he's dancing behind the line of scrimmage mm -hmm. not just going and hitting the hole so if you're not learning then it's time to go there's and now it's up to Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say there's too much competition to wait for him. There's just no reason to wait. Go ahead, Jason. Well, I, I and you know what? I was optimistic about him because I thought the little wrinkle that Anthony Lynn would throw in with inside zone would suit him more because that's what he ran in Ohio State. And, and yeah. you know, Mike McDaniel was good at creating angles and doing outside zone. I understand that. And this year, I thought that was the wrinkle that they were going to bring, especially when you draft TDP because TDP would excel in, in that role. So it's it's a little bit frustrating from that. How much of it is the injury? How much it, is it the same old player? I think that's going to be discussed well into this week. And I think Trey Sermon's got one more shot, I think, uh, this week um, coming up to to try to like make his case, I think. I, I don't think he'll be cut before this game, but this is it. I think it's pretty telling that he played as much as he did, because mm -hmm. that tells me the team is not confident in him. If they're they not, were confident that he was him. making this roster, he would have been out after the first quarter. At, at you know At the most, he would have played. Yeah, he's in a roster battle right now. That's the thing. And and that he has one more shot, I think. I think he has just this last game. If he doesn't show something to give confidence, then I, I fear it might be the end. I will be curious to see if they flip the script, though, and have like guy like Mason come forward and get second string reps in that final preseason game to see how he does against the better competition and then have Sermon in that final role where, okay, you have one shot at the end of the game to impress us, but the other guy's getting – a chance to show what he can do against better competition. I see this comment from Russell watching on the Niners Nation Facebook page. The interior O-line didn't look very impressive. Who was that at center? Just in general, what were your thoughts on the offensive line tonight, Jason? Uh, you know, the Burford thing is a little bit troubling because it feels like he was the right guard. And and I thought that, you know, because he'd be starting, they wouldn't play. But I, I do understand the idea that people need bodies and you also want to make sure that you get through this game. And, and I get it. So it wasn't necessarily a, a shock that, that he was out there. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of didn't really. I mean, I look, I don't want to speculate too much. Right. Like I watched a little bit of it. Like I watched it on TV. I got to see it again, like one more time before I make any sweeping statements or anything like that. I thought he did OK, but I thought at times I would say, all right. You know, that, that wasn't as impressive as he's been 
early on um, during camp and and during the postseason and the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me to say right off the bat. Like, I want to make sure that I have the right like information, like when I say things. But yeah, yeah I mean, it wasn't exactly like impressive if, if I could make it, if I could say that. I am seeing a lot of love for Jason Poe in the comments. Yeah, a lot he of lifted somebody. He lifted somebody on a nice um, pole block. I mean, that's yeah. it. I mean, if you're gonna have a guy who's a little bit smaller, more athletic, then you need to be using him in that way. And that guy's strong, man. Nobody gets a base of uh, center like he does. Like the the center of gravity, it's it's insane. Carlo says Poe needs to be on the fifty three. That's what I think. Like he's shown enough to get a raw. He doesn't have to be a starter, but he should be on the team somewhere, right, Levin? It depends on how confident they are that he could go in and actually play as like a starting role rather than just being a gimmick. Because the problem is, is he's in the position where he needs to have versatility to be able to go in and actually play guard full time if need be due to injuries. We have seen that happen with the Niners. And if you're not confident that he could actually play a full game in that role, you probably have to keep one of the other guys that has a little more experience doing that and hope he makes the practice squad where you can get him a little bit more reps there in the practice squad and get him up to speed so that maybe next year he can stay full-time. So I, I don't know right now. I, I would love to see a play where he's the fullback and you have Trent Williams <laughs> pull pre-snap in motion for, you know, go first, get that Trent Williams pulling where then Jason Poe is coming right behind him through that gap as the fullback cleared out. Can you imagine that Trent Williams with speed at snap and then Poe coming behind him and then the running back right behind that. Like that would be amazing. Even I actually had the thought, uh, after last preseason game, I was thinking, like, what what gimmick plays would I like? A direct snap to Trey Lance where he runs so that he's there even faster with those two guys just blowing <laughs> up. Can you imagine being a defender and going, these two guys are coming at me with speed? Like, pick your poison. Which one do you want to get hit by more or least? I, oh, I would hate that as a defender. When people are confident in this team, yeah, you're confident because they're top-heavy, but we're confident because they're depth like and and there's going to be guys who don't make this team that are very good football players and it's not going to have anything to do with the fact that they were bad in any way it's a numbers crunch and mm -hmm. they will be on rosters like this team it, it's gonna you're gonna have to I, I would love to hear every case for why you thought that this person should play because it'll be that close coming down to certain things and certain players like you know that the, the defensive line is always going to be that and there's going to be running backs that aren't going to make it but are going to get picked up immediately Vice versa on like wide receivers, like this team is like super deep right now. So I think that's what a lot of people are like. Yeah, they're top heavy. Got it. But the depth is is got to be something. That this roster from top to bottom is like it, it's so stacked, and that's not even being a homer. There might be a handful of these guys that end up being Seahawks in a couple of weeks. Not just the <laughs> traditional one or two, but maybe a full handful. <laughs> God, why do you have to go ruin the net now? Um, that's the sign of a good team, though, is that when you are making your roster decisions, number one, they're difficult, and number two, the people that you are letting go are good players. Speaking of good players, a couple defensive rookies I want to give a little love to. Drake Jackson, still finding a way to flash. And I, I was nervous because I, I saw that shoulder kind of hanging down last week. I was worried that he might be out. Not only did he play, but he looked good. And Samuel Womack, again, another takeaway, man. Like, He's not only he's roster spot for sure. Now we're talking like how could he crack the nickelback position with Sam Womack? It's it, Womack ha has that knack. Yeah. He's gotten multiple turnovers and you know, the fumble tonight. Yeah. It just bounced right to him, you know, and he jumped on it, but some guys just have that. Some guys, they just, for whatever reason, they get tons of turnovers. I, you know, I don't know if it's just luck or if they're just, they have this ability that you can't quite, 
truly see where they're always in the right position so that if something does happen, like the ball pops loose, they're able to get it. And that's the thing is, is all right, again, on that same play, I want to highlight Malik Turner because Malik Turner has the early penalty. That looks bad. You saw Kyle Shanahan didn't like that, right? (laughs) But Malik Turner comes right back and not only has that catch, but he is the one who forced the fumble. Malik Turner, you're, you're going to have a tough time keeping him off the 53, in my opinion, too. Like, like again, like, so, yeah, Womack was right there. Um, but, like, again, depth and, and how this team moves. Like, you, if you if you don't contribute in one way, contribute in another. That's why it's going to be so hard. I think it's going to be hard to keep Malik off. But, yeah, Womack just seems to be in the right place, and, and that's good. There, there's players that are like that, and he's just shown all the reps when he's been there at camp. Most impressive moment of the night? I'm going to pick Danny Gray's gritty in the end zone and the two-point conversion. They were so mad. They were so mad. Did you guys, <laughs> so you guys, did you guys watch the, you guys watched watch the Bay Area uh, portion or did you watch the, the Vikings one? I had the Vikings. I had the Vikings because I watched oh, the NFL Plus thing. They were so mad. I had so many complaints with why they were mad. The gritty wasn't formed in Minnesota. Everybody does the gritty across the NFL. Debo did it against the Vikings in their stadium, uh, in, um, in Levi's. And it wasn't even born in Minnesota. Like, who cares, man? Like, it's like those guys were stuck up the entire time. It was, it was like, I didn't understand. They're, they're, that was biased coverage because they were trying to find any. They were talking bad about Trey. He wasn't even playing. Like, it just, it was weird, man. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, I love Paul Allen, the Minnesota Vikings play-by. He's the radio voice, but he was doing the play-by-play for this game. I love him. I know him a little bit uh, just because uh, he was tight with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, so I got to know him. I love Name him. Drop. But, yeah. It's a little flex. Uh, it's all right. It's whatever, man. I'm flexing a little on a Saturday night. Leave me alone. Um, but I mean, he's that's what I think makes him great and why people like him. He's a little bit of a homer. That's fine. He's a local. He's a local announcer. I, I'm not going to get on him too much for that. But I did think it was funny that the reaction. I like yeah. Daniel Danny Gray throwing a little, you know, mix it up and a little. Kinlaw did it earlier in the game. And you know why I didn't say yeah. anything to him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think of Kinlaw, I would say that's probably my most impressive moment. His sack where he was he just manhandled the guy. Like that that's an offensive lineman in the NFL that literally couldn't match up on him. It, you know, he just totally made him backpedal, blew right through him like he was nothing. How about this comment from Big Block 69? Danny Gray dance moves greater than Justin Jefferson dance moves. Ah he's pretty go. smooth. He got he got ways to go, man. JJ's JJ's that guy for real. Now, now, Danny Gray dance moves are better than Kirk Cousins' damn dance moves. I'll give you that one. Levin, I don't know, man. Like now, we're now we're really gonna disagree here too, man. He kind of. Yeah. I if think da- Kirk's gritty so bad, and, and that's it. like it's just yeah, like it's. If if Danny Gray's dance moves are better than Justin Jefferson's, it's the only thing he does better than Justin Jefferson, and that's not a knock on Danny Gray. Nope. Justin Jefferson is. They traded Stephon Diggs, and they won that trade. Jefferson's better than Diggs. Yeah. And that's no slight of Diggs either. Diggs is a top five guy, but they're just they've just done it the right way. I mean, you couldn't have nailed it out of the park better than that. Tell me to pick a wide receiver to put on your team. He's my number one yeah. pick. Yeah. Right now, yeah, receiver. at his age, yeah. yeah, not even close. And he's gonna have his best season somehow out of the uh out of he's had the two best seasons that a wide receiver's ever had in the game, and he's about to have his best season this year. Two seasons in the league, both over 1,400 yards. Last year, he had over 1,600 yards. Anyway, this isn't a Minnesota Vikings it's podcast, not. but I just... Hey, but other players are good, Rob. It's all right, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I like to give a little bit of love. Um, I have to admit, I didn't see 
all of this game, were there any major injuries that I should be worried about? I didn't see about any or hear any, but sometimes I know when you're watching intensely, you can kind of pick up on stuff maybe that no one notices. Hamstring injury, another one. Who? They're back. It's the new It's the new high ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, Austin <laughs> Mack. Uh, okay, well, I want Austin Mack to heal up and get well, but if I had to pick someone <laughs> to get injured in this game, he might have been it. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I I can live with that. Like, I mean, we don't need any more serious injuries. Uh, I didn't notice any others in terms of injuries. No, nah, it was uh, nothing big. John says I was scared as hell watching Kinlaw play all those snaps, though with his injury history. Not gonna lie. Kenny says Trey Sermon's ego is very hurt. <laughs> well done, Kenny. Appreciate that. I mean, yeah, that's gonna be dicey. Uh, now I just I just want to fast forward to the regular season. Just please get me there. Like Trey's going to play. Everyone's going to play, right? I would assume most of the starters are going to see at least some time on Thursday. Remember the last preseason game for the Niners is this Thursday against the Texans. Um, I just, just get him in for like a series and then get him out. And Nick Bosa shouldn't even don't even travel with the team. Nick Bosa, like we're, you're good. <laughs> he can stay back at Levi's and hang out with Jimmy. Get him. Every- oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you both. You can- couldn't, you just couldn't let it go. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, just get him to week one. Get him to week one at this point. I mean, if you want Trey to get some snaps, that's good. I think it would be good to see the offensive line just be cohesive for a little bit. You do want to get rolling. There is an idea that you can roll into the season cold. So I, I get that portion of it, you know, like getting some reps, things like that for guys. I don't have too big of an issue with it, but yeah, just get him to week one. You know, let him play a little bit, you know, let him get some cohesion, get something going and get some momentum going into the game. I think you take it by ear. Play him one yeah. series. If Houston yeah. doesn't look like they're doing anything, getting pressure, their defensive line, they're not trying to run blitzes, nothing, maybe give him a second series. If Houston's out there trying to be fancy and run blitzes, you don't need him to have him out there. Or if the D-line's just dominating for whatever reason and he's gotten hit, you don't need to have him out there. Can we get Jordan Mason a better number? You can't be 41 and be a Ooh, running back. That's right. I, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to cut this clip and because I said the same thing to Croc on his show and he kind of cooked me a little bit about it. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I look I don't mind. Take it up I like him. 40 a lot more, but 41's not bad. Name another good him. running back that's that wore number 41. Somebody's got to be first. I don't care. Jeff Wilson. Oh, Dude, I got him. What number? William Floyd was 40, right? Was he 40? He was a badass. So, like, if you wanted to wear 40, like, all right, I could get on board with that. But 41 Just as long as he doesn't go to, like, 46 in the Alfred Morris territory. That's true. Yeah, that was pretty. We have to go back there. Why? (laughs) We have to, like, relive that stuff. (laughs) Um, I saw this. Ty Davis Price, 10 carries, 41 yards. I was ready to rip Ty Davis Price, right? Because first possession of the game after the interception, fourth and one, they snap the ball, they give it to Ty Davis Price. Like, this is why you're here, right? You're the big back, the short yardage guy, and then bam, he gets stopped. And I was like, did we just waste another third-round pick on a running back? But I thought he acquitted himself better and better as the game went on, Levin. I I really liked the outside run where he broke – like three or four arm tackles in a row. Cause I thought, Oh, I just want to see him get the edge. I want to see him get the edge and be able to turn up field and get ahead of steam going up field. And a defender dove at him and he was able to blow right through it. And then another defender dove at him and he blew right through that one. And I think another defender got arms on him as he went by and he broke that one too. And that's when he had that, like, I think it was like maybe 12 yards, 13 yards. He got a first down on it. I was like, maybe he can get to the outside and run a little bit of the outside zone. Won't be his bread and butter, but, Maybe he's capable of being enough of a threat there. 
Matt Barrows, I'm just keeping an eye on some of the post-game stuff, tweeted out, Niners post-game injuries, and there always seem to be more when Shanahan talks the day after the game. Austin Mack has a hamstring, like we said, and Sam Schluter has a knee injury. Tackle slam. Sam Schluter didn't even know he was on the team, not going to lie. So right now, that's good, but I Barrows nailed it. You don't. The injury report tonight is one thing. Wait for what Kyle says the day after the game. That will be far, far more telling, but that's a good sign for now. At least we can hopefully, you know, exhale a little bit, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. And that's it. Again, it goes back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I want to see them get out there, get some reps on offense. I think we know what the defense is. Well, you know, Ward and Mosley will slide right back in. They'll be fine. Get them to the week one. But yeah, I think it's kind of important to put like a drive or two together right before you you send them in because I, I do believe in the idea of like being a little bit cold. Like you do want to roll. I think, you know, any sort of momentum can can be used in the right way, like and, and thought of in the right way. So yeah. Oh, oh, Terry Kirby. See, good call. Very good call. Mm-hmm. Emiliano watching on the YouTube page. Terry Kirby, 41. Former 49er Terry Kirby. Way to go. Sorry, Levin. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. No, very good I was just going to say, you got to play the guys a little bit in this last one because, so take Trey Lance, for example. Didn't play tonight. So that would mean if he doesn't play in the next one, he would have, what, like 24 days, 20, no, 27 days off with no game action? Like, that's too long. He's got to play in the third game, at least some. And yeah, all the other starters that didn't play tonight, the 27 guys or whatever that didn't play tonight, they're in the same boat. Unless they're nursing an injury, get them at least some reps to get them in there. That's a good point. Oh, I like this question. Andre, will Odom start for Jimmy Ward week one if Ward can't go? Uh, I'll give Jason that one because he saw training camp. And I think yeah, I don't at know this point, I... training camp tells you a lot more than what we've seen in preseason. Unless something changed in camp, um, that's not what I, like I saw variations of three safeties and he was never one of those. It was, it was uh, more, it was more, you know, and board and, and, and um, Hufanga. So I don't know, unless something's changed. I mean, he had another interception today that that was, he had one in the joint practice. Maybe his changes, his game is played differently now and they, they like him. So I don't know if they, if he wasn't doing that in camp, that's what I'll say. He was not doing that, in camp, <laughs> but he, he's doing it now. So, I mean, I, you know, who knows things have changed, but he's a veteran. And I think a lot of Colts people that I spoke to, they we while we thought it was just a special teams pickup, I think they were more effusive in praise in how safe he was at safety, and and you know maybe it took him a little bit of time to you know get get acclimated, but you know it, it wouldn't shock me. He he is a veteran, you know how Kyle likes his vets. But Tavares Moore has an uh, a interception or a, a PBU today, right? He had a PBU. Man, I yeah he, he had yeah. one. I did see. I was trying to watch, but you know it's hard to watch with the broadcast. It seemed to me that Moore wasn't filling in in the run game very well. He kept picking the wrong hole, and the running back would be the next guy over. Uh, but we'll know more about that when you see the All-22, if you can actually see the All-22 thanks to the NFL. <laughs> I would not pay for that app. Don't I signed up for breath. a seven-day trial so I could watch the preseason games, and that will definitely be canceled before the seven-game trial <laughs> ends because I don't trust to actually be able to view what I'm paying for. Can I have a? I hear I have a question. This company makes money like nobody's business, and you mm-hmm. can't make the right app, man. Like, come oh, they can. It's they, purposeful. They don't. Point. I agree, Levin. I think they don't want people like us to have the all 22. I think there's coaches and there's other NFL people that get real prickly about people like us trying to do film breakdowns and stuff on Twitter. I don't think they like it. I think they are intentionally 
because it used to be better. They made it worse. worse. Like the, it used to be functional, and now it's not. Wow. It, it's three years at this point. It, it, it's not a mistake. Three years in, a company this big that is this technologically involved. Because I mean, everything in the NFL is high tech. It's not on. It's not an accident. It's not. Oh, we just can't figure it out. <laughs> right. We can't find the people that know how to do this stuff. Yeah, I. I don't know, man. I couldn't. I. I don't want to say how I watched the game, but it wasn't through that. Like that's the best way I could put it. I can't. Are they like delaying the post game press conference here? Like, what is happening? I'm not seeing any post-game reaction from anybody i'm trying to like i want i would like to be able to react to some of it here but i don't see any of it where the hell are these people i know the vikings uh, got a nice facility but damn <laughs> kirk has his dress today can we talk about that that was kind of weird i He's saw like, that like they did yeah, that interview like, with him i'm like pads? yeah what are you doing in pads oh i didn't i didn't hear this emiliano says anyone know why coach k i'm assuming he's talking about chris kosarek He's feeling yeah. under the weather. Is everything all right? Protect that man at all costs. That's right. I had no idea yet. I mean, I did find out. That Greg Papa did let us know that apparently Emory Thomas is injured. I don't know if you guys spoke about that earlier. That's no. why he wasn't playing today. Yeah. Hmm. So I think he said something. About, I mean, I have to look it up. I'm on my phone right now. Um, but yeah, it uh, something about that. That's why he wasn't playing today. Because it was kind of a shocker to see Ken Crawley and Diamandola North start the game. There's another third round pick that shouldn't be on the roster. Oh my god, that's where we're going. I don't know. Come Come on. I know, I know. I know. I haven't been like his biggest fan, but I I still think that like again, I'd like for him to sit behind these guys. If all goes right, you wouldn't have to see Lenore or uh right (laughs) or or him either way. So I mean that that's okay for him to sit there. Like you want Ward and Mosley to play. So all right. Well, last question to each of you. Levin, who is the best player you saw on the field tonight? Uh, I was brief, but I would say Ken Law. Damn, you took mine. Jason? Jordan Mason, man. That's it. Mm. Six yards of carry. I don't care who it's against. That's exactly what he did the entire camp, man. I I am going to have to hear a definitive reason and what your thought process was if Jordan Mason doesn't make this team because he's going to make somebody else's. You're not going to get that definitive reason if he doesn't make the team. Oh, of course, not. Of, course not. of course not. Oh, yeah. Of course not. Of course not. But, <laughs> but like, yeah. in what universe does Jamichael Hasty, for example, deserve and a roster spot over Jordan that's Mason? That's my thing. That's my thing, right? Like, you're going to have to tell me what it was about that. Like, did you value that third down stuff more than you did a guy who can do both at certain points? So, yeah. Well, we made it through two. We got one left. Before we get to the regular season, it's going to be a hell of, it's going to be so much fun this year. I'm so, so excited. Everybody, please continue, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We appreciate the thousands of you that join us for these. All your questions, all your comments, please, please, please keep them coming. Levin, Jason, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you popping in here. Levin's on Twitter at LT Black Niners. Jason is at Jason Aponte 2103. I am at Stats on Fire. Guys, thanks for hopping in. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. You know I couldn't say no. I'm just a glutton for punishment talking to Rob twice in the same week. Yeah, I know. I don't know how I deal with it either. (laughs) Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. We'll talk to you later.